0: Hi, welcome to North of 48, June 24th, soon to be June 25th, of course I do this late at night, don't we all? It's 19 degrees Celsius now, where I am. However, it's supposed to be 45 degrees Celsius on Tuesday in Kamloops, which would be 113 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, It's getting to be a record. Kamloops is a hot and desert country in South Central British Columbia. However, the other news is a town in British Columbia called Prince George is going to be 40 degrees on Tuesday Celsius. which um, is 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Ah, well, it kind of looks like the temperatures are rising everywhere. There's a big forest fire outside of Edmonton um, that's causing damage in the Wildwood-Evansburg area, in case you're familiar with Alberta. And we know down south they're having water shortages and droughts. Wherever you are, I hope you're feeling cooler than some of us up here. Now, I didn't know how to begin today or what to talk about because there is so so much to talk about. Um, I think we should talk. Let's talk some more about the residential schools and how they found some, some more bodies in Saskatchewan after the break.
1: As a dad, I can't imagine what it would feel like to have my kids taken away from me. And as Prime Minister, I am appalled by the shameful policy that stole Indigenous children from their communities. Campaigning to be Prime Minister in 2015, Justin Trudeau promised he would implement all 94 recommendations made by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, including six that had to do with missing children and burial information, things like creating a national register of student deaths, a register of burial places, and funding burial ceremonies and commemorations. Calls to action have not been fully implemented. So that's the frustration. Like, you have a report. We don't want it gathering dust. The commission did a lot of work to figure out how many children died and where they are buried, but some work was left undone when the Harper government turned down a request by the commission for an extra $1.5 million to help locate missing cemeteries. It would not be until 2019 when the Trudeau government set aside funds, about $34 million, to implement the six commission recommendations on burial sites of children.
0: and They need to fully fund the uh, work that needs to be done to identify the unmarked graves of children across Canada, because there are many, many more.
1: But as of this week, the status of all the commission recommendations involving Ottawa is unfinished, incomplete. Talks continue.
0: So, so far there's a lot of distance between their statements and their actions towards children. And we need to be watching carefully their actions.
1: We've got to grieve this moment, but for the federal government it's not good enough to just continue with symbolic gestures. Trudeau responded to that Monday. We promised concrete action and that's how we'll support survivors, families and Indigenous peoples. Now, Trudeau would not say what he means by concrete action, that could take a couple of days to work out, but in the meantime, MPs agreed unanimously to hold an urgent debate on this issue tomorrow. Donna? David, a lot of people say it's time for less talk, more action. Advocates like Cindy Blackstock say one concrete action could be to end these court battles involving residential school survivors and indigenous children. What's the likelihood of that? Well, I asked Trudeau about that today, and it doesn't sound to me like the government of Canada is going to back off three court cases it has ongoing. One of those involves residential school survivors at St. Anne's School in Northern Ontario. And this school, by the way, is a school where they used an electric chair to punish the kids. And St. Anne's survivors have had to go to court to get Canada to turn over documents about how the kids there were cared for. The other two cases involve care of the current generation of Indigenous kids. Ottawa's appealing a couple of human rights rulings, one of those cases is in court in a couple of weeks, but uh, you're right, advocates and some parliamentarians say Ottawa should just drop all three of these legal cases and get on with the task of caring for survivors and the current generation of Indigenous kids. Donna?
0: All right, David Aiken, thanks. So Robert Kakaway starts every morning the same with a smudging and a prayer. survivor of this residential school in Saskatchewan said it's not so much about himself but for first nation families who could not hear their children's cries for help the fear they must have been going through their lives knowing they were going to die that the end was coming and there was nothing you could do about it Kakaway said on CBC's Saskatchewan's afternoon edition referring to the indigenous children who were forced go to residential schools. On Thursday, Kakaway followed the news as Kawa's First Nation announced the discovery of what are believed to be 751 unmarked graves near his former school which operated from 1899 to 1997. It's believed not all of the graves are those of children, but that doesn't ease the trauma for residential school survivors. I smudged and prayed and cried. Some of those unmarked graves were probably relatives, Kakaway said. His da- daily routine is a way for him to return to his culture, which was once considered sinful by many in the churches that help run the residential schools. At age six, Kakaway was taken from his community of White Bear First Nation in southeastern Saskatchewan and was forced to attend marivol Residential school where the Roman Catholic Church worked to culturally assimilate him and other indigenous children. Kakaway documents his experience in his book, Thou Shalt Not Be an Indian. Said it was common for children to be assaulted daily. You're going to get hit, you're going to get punched, you're going to get whatever, Kakaway said. He recalls seeing a boy get strapped by the principal, a Catholic priest, for playing a game. He was strapped 15 times in one hand, 15 times on the other hand, and that poor, poor kid's hands were just red from being beaten by a grown man, Kakaway said. Frank Badger, who was forced to go to St. Michael's Indian Residential School in Duck Lake, Saskatchewan, said violence was common. At six years old, his first physical punishment came via a logging chain and later a two-by-four, followed by brooms, belts, and straps. I feel lucky I got out alive, Badger said. Kakaway and Badger weren't the first in their families to be taken to residential schools. Their parents and grandparents were also forced to attend. We couldn't use our language. We couldn't practice our culture. We attended church six to seven days a week, Badger said. I always used to use those brushes they used for scrubbing floors on my eyes, trying to take some brown off. I wished I could be a little whiter. They truly had us believing that white people were smarter than we were, until I learned better. This intergenerational trauma continues to linger. and the recent discovery of unmarked graves like those at Marieval Residential School, the largest such discovery in Canada to date brings more pain. The healing journey isn't linear, but those who survived residential schools find ways to ease the trauma. For Kakaway, it's smudging and praying and taking it one day at a time. For Badger, it's sharing his culture and Cree language with as many people as possible. This horrific truth can no longer be ignored. The least governments and churches must do now is to provide access to the necessary records to identify the locations of all the children and allow communities to honor them with the traditional ceremonies and protocols they were denied, Scott said. And of course uh, the Catholic Church Sweden in in Toronto. The priest is under fire after sermon on the good done by the Catholic Church on residential schools. Reverend. Owen Keenan, a Roman Catholic priest in Mississauga, Ontario, gives daily Mass at the Merciful Redeemer Parish. He is under fire for comments about residential schools he made in a recent sermon. His sermon referenced the good done by the Roman Catholic Church in residential schools, saying some might go as far as to even thank it. During his sermon at the parish last Sunday, Owen Keenan referenced the Kamloops B.C. residential school where First Nations reported it had discovered the remains of more than 200 children in unmarked graves in May. He said, Two-thirds of the country is blaming the church, which we love, for the tragedies that occurred there. I presume the same number would thank the church for the good done in those schools, but of course that question was never asked, and we are not allowed to even say that good was done there. I await to see what comes into my inbox. Of course this sparked outrage on social media. One person tweeted uh, the priest's comments were really disgusting and that the church is not a victim. Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie, a practicing Catholic, said she was extremely disappointed by her pastor's comments about residential schools. The mayor called Keenan's homily deeply insensitive to Indigenous Canadians, particularly at a time when communities are in pain as they unearth more mass graves at the sites of former residential schools. It's really critical that it comes from the leadership so that we stop having these incredibly ignorant and harmful comments coming from across the church. I think that what we're seeing is extremely harmful to reconciliation. Keenan also said in his sermon that while the church should apologize for its participation in the ill-devised government project, it should also wait to find out who was buried at the Kamloops site and why, before rendering ultimate judgment he said he was very sad and and a symbol of the ongoing tragedy of government policies against indigenous people but he also said we don't know how those children died we don't know we can't know if they would have died if they had stayed at home he called for prayers and reconciliation But he also said, many people had very positive experiences of residential schools. Many people received healthcare and education and joyful experience. They weren't universally awful, but there's still no place for the horrors that are alleged to have occurred there. Between you and me, we know a lot of the students from there that we see in um, talking about their experience in public, i don't know how joyful that was you're taken from a home your family's home forcefully you're put into a residential school with other kids you're not allowed to talk into in your native language and as the one person said he got beaten by a two by four so i have no idea i'm gonna say that he had, um, the priest had ill-timed words but words he should have kept to himself I thought this... isn't, isn't a fellow like him supposed to be more reflective and empathic? well either way, I'm not a priest but I think it was insensitive The lady in the background doing the vocals is a young native lady who learned to sing and to pound the drum by her grandmother. She was lost, in her words, she was using drugs, drinking, leading a nowhere life, went to her grandma's, cook them, and started to learn the way of her people. And she travels in the uh, United States and in BC with these vocal performances, which, um, from my understanding, is a cry out to the elders and to the spirits. Nice lady. I will play the full thing at the end of the uh, podcast. So Justin Trudeau's... Dad, Justin Trudeau being the current Prime Minister of Canada and his dad being Pierre Elliott Trudeau in 68 or 69 wanted to do away with the Indian Act. This would have meant that Aboriginals and Canadians would be the same. However, this also meant that their lands would now be subject to private use including maybe mining operations without getting a benefit, and oil operations without getting a benefit. And uh, they refused that. They said, no. You sign treaties with us, honor the treaties. It's my opinion that these treaties have not always been honored. And that brings dishonor to the people who were in government through the years and through the centuries. To allow this to happen. Now are the people today in Canada responsible for what happened? I would say no, I'm here. I'm a first-generation Canadian, but I will say that I know more now than I did through school. We always took native studies. My son minored in native studies and he's a high school teacher. This is a situation that should have been dealt with in a positive way back in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. And because of the government's inability or desire to spend maybe money on the problem, a lot of reserves right now don't have clean drinking water. There are people of Canada. This government should recognize that and do better. Will Justin do better? I don't know. The way things are going Canada might have a another federal election soon. Although his party is in the lead. Us as Canadians and citizens we're, we're disheartened by it. A lot of us are. I would say the majority of Canadian citizens. And it's a a shame. And I think there's a desire to fix this. And it's going to come with the ballot. Whichever party in Canada can fix this. For the better of both peoples. Are going to get a lot of votes. It's a tradition that natives do not vote in Canada. The last election, two elections they did. And they voted for Justin. And Justin promised to fix it. Here's your chance, Justin. Fix it. Thanks for listening to North of 48. You're discovering what's happening up in Canada. I appreciate uh, you for listening. Send me an email to waltlander42 at gmail.com and you can leave a voice message and the link is on the podcast description. Take care. Bye.